All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation, and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. This episode is part of a series in which I will be interviewing experts in the field of property, whether purchasing a family home or an investment. The series is designed to assist you in making better and smarter property decisions. Selling a house involves so many different moving parts. And last week we talked about selling a house from a real estate agent's perspective. And we had Zishan Omar on the show. And this week I thought we'd focus on the design of a house because there are so many things you can do to a home, especially small cosmetic changes that can make such a big difference when buyers are looking at that property. So we have with us Shaylee Cherry, or also known as Shay, with us today to talk about the whole interior design side of things. Shay, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. It's it's such an exciting, I'm guessing it's probably one of the most exciting parts of your job, um, you know, looking at a house and working out how you could sort of give it a bit of a makeover. Um, uh, can you maybe just probably, in your words, explain what you do and how it works? Absolutely. So it, you're right. It is definitely one of my favorite parts of the job in which we go through and meet with the clients and sort of give their property a fresh set of eyes. So oftentimes people have been living in a home for maybe 10 years. They've accumulated a lot of stuff and to them it looks, you know, it's their home. It's hard to see past all of that clutter sometimes. So having a a fresh set of eyes come through and give you some guidance around what you can take away from a space and what you can then substitute in a space to really lift it, modernize it, but also make it feel more functional both to you and also to the potential buyers. It's it's really exciting. I love to watch everybody sort of fall back in love with their home as well. Oftentimes at the end, <laughs> once we've gone through the styling process, they go, oh, I don't want to sell it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, the buyers the buyers do love it as well. So it has a huge impact on on the prices that people achieve. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, if, if you think about it, uh, I mean, no, I doubt anyone, I, th- I think it's, I think there's two parts to it. I think, first of all, most people would be willing to pay more for a house that's better presented, but it's probably more than that. It's probably attracting more people to want to see a house because if they see photos and they're like, wow, this place looks really nice, it sort of, you know, it just attracts them to just get, you know, just gets more people in the door as well. Oh my God. Further to that, like we, we've had the the luxury of selling beautiful, you know, $2 million homes that have been staged from top to bottom to, you know, some investment properties where the tenants are, are living there. And unfortunately they don't present the home to the best of their ability. The way that the home is presented, it makes a huge impact on, you know, the buyer's experience. Like we've even had properties that are in the same sort of price point. One has gone through this styling to sell process and one has, you know, a tenant in place who really couldn't care less about home how the home is presented. And the difference in those price points can be upwards of like $100,000 sometimes just purely because of a buyer's experience within a house. 
Yeah, that's so true. And also, I think it's like anything. If if a house is well presented, um, there's the assumption that the rest, you know, the house in general has been looked after. And if a house yeah. is not presented well, there's that assumption that the place hasn't really been maintained over the years. So it's like, okay, well, if I mean, if the outside looks terrible, I wonder what the inside looks like. You are so right. Like presentation just kind of indicates like red flags to people. And if someone's taken the time to really present the home, they go, okay, these guys are serious about selling. Yeah. And what are some tips that you would give for, for those that, um, you know, are looking at selling the house, for example, and want to do a few things to their property? Uh, what would you say are some, you know, some quick wins um, and things that normally, you know, do the job? So from the outside, like your street facade is going to be really important. So the first thing that I would recommend to everybody is getting um, getting a fresh doormat is really important. It's like, you know, people are coming through for open homes, having a nice fresh doormat, throwing away the old one is a great way to sort of lift the appearance from the outset. Um, having a nice big potted plant on entry as well is always a winner. Um, but in terms of general maintenance, giving the house a really good wash down, like a deep gurney, will lift a lot of that exterior dirt off and just make it look really fresh. But yeah. that, that makes sense. Like if you think about it, a lot of houses, even like a newish house, uh, even just after mm. a year of being established, on the outside can sometimes get like mold building up and just all this random, these random marks all over the walls. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy what a fresh gurney will do, and it's always really satisfying. <laughs> um, as you kind of step through the house as well, a common mistake that I see a lot of people make is they they tend to put a lot of like entry tables or side tables or pot plants or just things, I guess, blocking the hallways. Um, my first piece of advice is to take everything away from the hallways. Um, just because when people are walking through the house, you want them to feel like they've got a lot of space. Um, a common reason why people are wanting to move is because, you know, they're not happy where they are. Sometimes they've outgrown that space. So the last thing you want to do is sort of walk into a cluttered house, you know? Yeah, that makes sense as well because it's, again, and I think over time, especially if you're living in a house yourself, you start just putting things in places because it's convenient for you, you know, but mm -hmm. it may not be convenient for other people. Absolutely. Another thing that I do find really common is people will have this collection of artwork um, that they have accumulated over the years. But unfortunately, the artwork, it, it won't really complement each other. So you might have like a, a pink, I don't know, a pink bird on one, and then you'll have like a green mountain on the other. And the artwork can be in like different shapes or sizes. And that can actually make a room feel really busy and really quite, quite cluttered. Um, so my advice to everybody who do, does have like a few different pieces on the wall is to, to strip everything back, um, take it all off the wall if possible. And then if there is just, if there's one statement piece, I encourage you to kind of keep that in there as long as it's a modern sort of piece as well. And then you can look at the colors that you see in that artwork and then start fusing those that color scheme through the room, um, complemented by some neutral palettes to just sort of uh, blend that out. And I think that's this is especially where it helps to have – because some people aren't very artistic as well. So that's where it helps to have someone mm -hmm. like yourself, for example, come in. And I like that you said fresh set of eyes because – you know, mm. 
all all of our you know all of us make decisions based off our own emotions and our own perceptions and experiences and i mean someone might hate the color green but you might walk in and be like well you know what you need a green rug or you need mm-hmm. a green i don't know something <laughs> yeah i would i wouldn't be recommending a green rug <laughs> that's uh, but, why i'm not an interior the- designer <laughs> But um, you see, like some people will love that and then other people, you know, won't. And when we're styling to sell, it's really important so that we don't polarize any buyers on the way through, which is why I really encourage the use of of neutral colors. With color, um, a common mistake that I see people make is they, they can introduce too many colors into a room. So, for example, you've got... Uh, pink cushions, green cushions, purple cushions. And if you have too much of that going on in a room, it's going to make the room look look smaller, you know? So if you start to see the same sort of color palette emerging, so say you've got a, a beautiful piece of artwork and it's got a, a purple tone, right? You choose that purple tone, you bring it down through the use of like a purple cushion, and then you then flesh that out through the through using like neutral tones. If for say, if that piece of artwork also has like a blue through it, what I would recommend is using a bonding piece. So finding something with that purple and that blue, whether that be through a coffee table book or a cushion or a throw rug that actually does have those two colors in it, that will actually draw those two tones together. So it creates a bit more fluency in the space. Yes, 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 yes. Because and again, and as I said, it's it colors one of those things where not many people, not many people, but I mean, like me, for example, I'm okay with a bit of color here and there, but I'm not an expert. And a, a lot of people, mm. some may think that particular colors look really good because it's their favorite color. But um, yeah. I'm guessing neutral colors are probably something that most people would stick to to be safe. Always. I always recommend the use of, of neutral neutral colors because, yeah, you, you never know who, who likes color, who doesn't like color, and too much color in a space is actually going to make it feel – it's going to make it feel smaller. So if we use more fresh whites, it's actually going to make a room feel larger, which is often why people are wanting, you know, to, to purchase another property. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. The best piece of advice I can give is, you know, especially when you're styling a home to sell it, is it's kind of like peeling back layers, right? So removing removing everything that you that you can from from eyesight is really important and i encourage people to to treat this as like you know the decluttering process like actually start packing the things away that you need to and perhaps put them in a box in the garage if you feel like you don't need to to use that item for for the sale period Another common mistake that I, I feel people make is they, they use uh, family photos, so they have those on display. Um, that can really act as a block for the buyers because it's tough to imagine themselves living in the home if, you know, you've got a beautiful uh, wedding photo, like on a huge frame on the wall. Uh, so I do encourage everybody to put those things out of sight I do also recommend that people roll up, you know, the the rugs that you might have, you know, around the kitchen or perhaps 
like in the interior entryway and just focus on the rugs that you might have in the dining room, like in, in the dining room or living area and not to have too many of those little ones uh, throughout the house because they can also make the home feel a little more cluttered. And are there any major changes that you'd recommend? Because I know Zishan last week in our episode mentioned that, you know, he doesn't normally recommend people do extensive renos to their house, which makes sense. Um, but is there mm-hmm. anything a little bit more major if somebody wanted to, to spend money mm-hmm. on, on their house? Um, I mean, the first thing I can think of is painting, you know, as he, he mentioned it, but yep. like a fresh coat of paint would make a really big difference yep. to a house. Um, and landscaping, I'm guessing that's probably another really big one. You know, it's not that expensive, but it's a little bit expensive yeah. to, you know, do a bit of landscaping, fresh mulch. Mm-hmm. Anything else like from a, from, you know, if somebody has the money to spend on their house, anything in particular that you've seen, uh, you know, buyers like to see or attracts potential buyers? Uh, so curtains is a big one. If curtains are really dated, like the the amount of times I've had to pull down like the lace, like the old school lace curtains from people's houses and sort of replace those with more of that plush sheer look, um, that's always that's always a big win and that is, you know, inexpensive depending on the materials that you do get. Um, updating your fixtures and fittings. So in the kitchen, um, you can pull off like the handles on the cabinets and replace those with some some more modern looking ones. Uh, the tapware is also a huge a huge way to modernize a space uh, inexpensively. And mirrors in the bathrooms, like some of the mirrors that you see, can be a, on the smaller side. If you're to find a really a nice um, nice larger mirror that you feel would complement the space, swapping that out would be a good way to add some value. I actually heard a very long time ago that, uh, you know, and again, I don't know if this applies and you could probably debunk this myth if it's not correct, but normally with a house, Mm. the front door is really important. And secondly, I also heard that to, I mean, I don't want to be gender biased here, but, you know, normally- um, To particular, we'll say normally um, this is what I heard years ago, but like, for example, uh, the wife or whoever does the cooking in the family, um, for them, the kitchen is the deal breaker or the bathroom is the deal breaker. And um, and for the person mm-hmm. that loves to do stuff in the shed, who's you know normally the bloke, yeah, for them, it's the shed, you know, if, things like that. Um, would you say that that's correct, that they're sort of like the first things that people normally look at, like the front door, the kitchen, the bathroom? I definitely agree. I agree that first impressions matter. And if you are able to, you know, swap out the front door, that's always a a good way to sort of entice people from, from the minute they walk through. And yeah, the kitchen and the bathrooms are definitely really important. And I do have some, some tricks in terms of how to, to stage a kitchen, especially for sale. So <laughs> something that I do recommend um, is a fresh bowl of fruit. Now, always the same color. So I'm going to say that we'll use a bowl of lemons, for example. Further to that, I recommend a recipe book open by the stove. From there, I I would choose a recipe from that book. Say we'll use like a lemon meringue pie, and I would actually encourage the clients to go to go to Coles or a bakery or something and get a lemon meringue pie and actually slice that up on like a cake tray and leave that on the kitchen bench. Now, what that's going to do for buyers is it's going to start to get them thinking about how it would feel if they lived there. You know, so as people come through the home, they, they, you know, 
that they can start to imagine themselves cooking in the kitchen and having a good experience doing that. So, yeah. Wow, I love that. And then the bonus is you get to eat the pie after. So, it's, you know. <laughs> they do, <laughs> yeah, <so> definitely. <laughs> wow. And you know, I don't think anyone listening to this is going to look at their fruit bowl the same ever again. Uh, it's, yeah, it's all of the outcome. Yeah, that it makes a lot of sense because if you've got like literally like lemons and then pineapples and who knows what else on top of that, it just doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't create that picturesque look. No, it needs to all be the same color. <laughs> So, yeah. And um, for the bathrooms, because that is definitely another another point, um, I do like to create that spa-like experience in the bathrooms. So I, I like to recommend a bath caddy. Um, if you can get a book and leave that open on the bath caddy, excellent. Um, having a little candle, like just, just a small one. I know that even Kmart sell them for a dollar, like in the tiny little jars. Like that, you can have a champagne flute, maybe a couple of strawberries beside it. That's going to send a message of relaxation, right? Um, on the basin, having a spot of greenery, which is really going to break up the, the vanity, and some hand towels rolled up on the bench is also a really nice touch. And some, you know, travel-sized toiletries similar to what you'd find like in a hotel room will also create that link of, of luxury uh, that a lot of people are looking for. I, I do use a lot of white towels in the bathrooms for, for staging because it's a nice way to break up any of the tight, like, you know, any of the tile patterns that you might have going on on the wall. Like some people steer towards more of the darker palettes for their floor to ceiling tiles. And a, a nice white towel is a really good way to break that up. And um, a, a neutral colored bath mat. So white is always a good option if you don't know what else is going to use like what is going to work in the space. But I just wouldn't go like a bright pink or anything like that because it's just going to make the space look smaller. Yeah, wow. And 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 I think, again, like it's – I can't reiterate the importance of having an outsider's perspective, like having someone like you come into a house um, yeah. and actually looking at things from a different point of view. And, I mean, you've mentioned so many nuggets of gold in this episode, but if people wanted more inspiration, where are some mm. good places you'd recommend they, they look? I mean, I know – Pinterest is probably a good place. Instagram, you know, I mean, you could always go into existing display homes to see what they've done. But I mean, these days they don't look that fancy. But um, mm. is there anything else, any other places that you'd recommend people look for inspiration or ideas? I mean, that's if they can't get someone like yourself to come in, obviously. Yeah, they are all really good places to to look and get some inspiration. Um, but if, if you are feeling a really you know, really stuck, I, I would always recommend um, a fresh set of eyes to come in and, and have a look. So if you can't get in touch with, you know, a stylist to, you know, come through and give you some advice, um, perhaps you have a, a friend whose home's always looking immaculate, maybe ask them to come by and give you some really honest feedback in terms of how you can spruce it up. Because yeah, I can imagine it could be overwhelming for some people. And I, again, I liken it to financial advice. There's nothing like having an outsider's perspective on on anything you know so i think that's amazing advice shay and and um and lastly if anybody wanted to get in contact with yourself what would you say would be the best way for them to do that 
Uh, welcome to give me a call anytime. Uh, my best contact number is 0438 I'm more than happy to pop by and give you some some advice on how to get your home looking beautiful um, and make sure that you do get the best price possible when you do go to market. Great. And uh, Shay, thank you so much for your time. It, um, you know, it, it's really, again, I thought I sort of knew a fair bit about this topic, but there's you've mentioned so many things, especially that lemon meringue thing. I will never forget that, <laughs> ever. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> it, it is, honestly. And, and lastly, I've got to finish off with a dad joke. Um, okay. And this is, you know, and so what does a house wear? What? A dress. <laughs> it's a good one. I don't, well, the I other one was, have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever tried to eat a clock? It's no? very time consuming. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. Would you put that in a house for an, for an open house on a wall? I don't think dad jokes. Would oh, actually I, the address one's a good one. I'm definitely going to use that as an icebreaker moving forward. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just stick to the lemon meringue and see how that goes. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much, Michael. No, thank you. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. And feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.